Hey everyone, welcome back to Spoilers Only Please. I'm Riley Bradford, and today we have a very special guest. Uh, man who needs no introduction. Uh, yeah, my dad. Today we're going to talk about Good Will Hunting, so without further ado, let's get into it. I love your introduction of a guest included a man who needs no introduction. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the easy way out, Riley. That's the, that's... It's no introduction for you, but for everybody at home. Just don't, don't say, like, without any further ado, which is, like, the, the biggest crutch. So. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I guess... Uh, Riley, you hail from Boston. Why don't you set the scene for the movie? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Goodwill Hunting is about a man named Will Hunting. Um, I don't think his last name's Hunting, but anyway, it's about a about a kid who you know grew up in Southie Boston, which is a it's not a great part from what I've been told. I never really went there, but. Um, it's about this guy who's a janitor at MIT who turns out to be a genius and his attempt at finding love as well as figuring out how he's going to get out of Charlestown. Is it Charleston? Charlestown? Dad? Charlestown. 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 Uh, So for this episode, we thought we'd bring in the boss. Hello? Yes, go ahead. We thought we'd bring in the man who brought me to Boston or had me birth had me birth in Boston, Rob Bradford. So, you know, without further ado, we'll give it to the guest of honor, Dad. What are your initial thoughts? I just on- told you, Riley, don't say without further ado. I've taught you anything. It's 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 I said I said to you when you were just a, a wee child, not knowing where South Boston was, as I said, when you do a podcast, never say without further ado. <laughs> You prepared him for podcasts? He did. It was part of my training. Training, um, not raising the child. It's called yeah, training. I, 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 failed, I failed in my training and my raising. It was an elongated spring training. That's what he called it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dad, what were your thoughts on the film? Your initial thoughts on Goodwill Hunting? <laughs> my, my initial thoughts? I mean, this is like... <laughs> I haven't been asked this since when did the movie come out? 1996? 99. Oh, I thought it was the same year. Was it 99? It was which is what, what what was what what do you think of the movie that movie goodwill hunting so um what when, when i walked out so i remember this i remember walking out it was one of the few movies in my life where i walked out and i said that was one of the best movies that i've ever seen so that's what i remember and so i guess i can't really back off of that 23 years later but uh it was one of the best years best movies i've I've ever seen, and I think it, it was in, in large part because um, 
it just like it hit the sweet spot. It was number one, it was a good movie. Number two, it was a really original creative movie, which is, you know, I think you, you all can appreciate. And then also the fact that it was places where like, I, I sort of knew. So, um, yeah, so it was the big three of, of uh, me liking a movie. It hit all, hit all the key parts. Nice. Amazing. Who's next, thoughts-wise? Oh, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and go. This is Tate speaking. Um, and, I yeah, I've seen this movie before, probably like once or twice before. I think once, all the way through at least. And um, probably in high school at some point, I watched it. I was like, wow, this is really great. I really, really liked it. Because, you know, I knew who Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were, obviously, and obviously Robin Williams. So kind of like, you know, I knew it was like a drama and going into it. You know, I, I, at the time when I first watched it, I probably wasn't like, oh, I love drama movies. But um, I, I was pleasantly surprised, you know. It's kind of like a like an emotional thing. I think you connect with almost every character in the movie and like, I mean, just like everything he's in, Robin Williams kind of knocks it out of the park here. And I, I don't know if this was like his first like super serious movie. Cause I know there was a little batch of stuff he did that was like, you know, not uh, advertised slapstick SNL kind of stuff. I think it was like, like the first one he had like, a lot of success with. Nah, he he had done he had done like basically I if I remember this right, he had done a significant amount of even some serious very serious movies he did um uh man, I, I'm drawing a blank on some of the names of them, but he was he went from the guy from who was Mork and Mindy to um like you said sort of some of the slapstick some of the funny stuff, but then all of a sudden like he really broke off a bunch of these Really, really serious one. There was one where I think it was a one-hour photo or something like that, where he was a serial killer. Um, there was uh, there was another one where he was a doctor Patch uh, in a mental yeah. hospital. Patch, yeah. So did that? I I want to say that, that that came before Goodwill Hunting. I'm not sure, but you know that's that's what's remarkable about this movie. And I'm sure you guys get into it or whatever, but. The fact is that you had these two guys in Affleck and Damon who really had done nothing. Um, I think that I think that they had both been in school ties, which was also filmed in the in the Boston area, but really hadn't done not hadn't done anything. Mm-hmm. Wrote the movie, and then got not only got it got it made, but got Robin Williams to be involved in it, which was you know at the time it was like, what's Robin Williams doing in this movie? Mm-hmm. So uh, right. yeah, it was. It was pretty striking to see him. Yeah, we, I, I mean, I know one thing that popped up in the beginning credits that kind of like caught my eye was that Kevin Smith was one of the producers. And mm. um, he, yeah, because Kevin Smith was like, helped him and Ben Affleck, like started each other's careers somewhat, you know? And because, uh, you know, Chasing Amy, uh, Affleck was in that, which was a Kevin Smith movie and like, like those like, Jay and Silent Bob movies. I think he was also yeah Clerks. Yeah, Clerks. Right, and I yep. think Affleck was like good for. I'm not sure about Matt Damon. I know they knew each other from like college or whatever. But um, I know the script. What all like actually, I had heard things that this script started as like a more Kevin Smithy type thing. Like really, I heard like they were wow. they did an interview with him for like the 20th anniversary of the movie. I think 
and they were like, oh, like, the script started have with having, like, aliens and stuff in it, and then it turned out being, like, <laughs> a career starter for these guys. I don't, I don't really like know such the full a, backstory. That'd be such a different movie. Kevin Smith has such a unique, like, style, especially, <clears throat> you know, back in the 90s. I can't imagine what this movie would have looked like if it was a Kevin Smith movie. I mean, I'm happy right. with the movie that we got. Um, oh, yeah. I saw this movie, I think it was, like, the third time I've seen it, and it's a movie that every time I've seen it, it just gets better and better. First off, I miss Robin Williams so much. Like, that's one of the first things I always think of whenever I rewatch this movie is just how phenomenal he actually was as an actor. But there's so much I just really appreciate about this movie. treated or acknowledged in movies, and it's like the core of this movie. And it, like, has multiple layers because it's not just about that, but it's about the importance of, like, you know, speaking to people you connect to instead of people who, like, have just read a lot about you. Like, there's a lot of quotes where people are like, you don't know me just because you read about me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which... I like that. I like that. Yeah. Pointing it's... that out. The expectations that people have in life. Yeah. Especially if they are smart, they should do a smart thing. Or if their parents did this, they should do this thing. And that's kind of, like, an interesting thing for men that this movie hits on i mean it's a universal you know thing and this movie came out you know over 20 years ago and it's something we still don't see get talked about movies uh, talked about in movies a lot so it Mm -hmm. i think it does a really good job and i'm i would love to see like what like actual like people who work in psychology like think of that too because i i think it's handled great and it's just one of like the many reasons why I think like this movie might've got bumped into like my top 10 of all time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think on top of that, I think there's a really cool class thing going on there that I don't think a lot of people talk about slash. I don't think it's done in a way that's not in your, in your face, except in something like this movie where, you know, there's that scene that's so, I mean, there's so many scenes to reference, but the scene with Ben Affleck when he's just like, you better not be here in 20 years. He's just like, I'll kill you. Like, you got to get out. And like, you know, that balance between blue collar going into white collar is yeah. so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's everyone has those friends who you, you have those friends who you know, you, you who either you have had that speech to or you've, you've heard that speech from. And, and, you know, the other thing is that you, know, you talk about the the uncomfortable scenes that you don't see a whole lot and and the one that jumps to mind is one of like a ton of these scenes in this movie where i think people to this day cite over and over and that was when you know he's telling him he's like you know i'm trying to blank the exact words but it, it's not you it's not you it's not you you're you did nothing wrong you did nothing yeah. wrong over and over yeah. what was, that, what that was it again was, it's not your fault it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And, you know, that was, you know, sometimes, you know, I've said that to to people just kiddingly, but sometimes it's like the, that's the perfect thing to say to somebody. And, and how many times in life where if you did that with somebody, that exact thing that Robin Williams did with Matt Damon, that just taking that time and powering through the moment like he did, like the impact that it would have. And, and there hasn't been a lot of scenes in movies, at least that I've seen that really have had that sort of impact. Yeah. I do feel, I feel like this is one of those movies that 
you know, I say this for, there's a few movies like it, but this is a movie that's so deep, yet I don't think I've ever met someone who's been like, you know, I didn't like this movie. Like, I feel like anyone who watches this movie has an impact. I feel like I've heard mm-hmm. from people that they thought it was boring. Really? Like, people who aren't big movie people, obviously. Because, like, I mean, I, I really don't think there's any way you can watch this and then, like, not be like, oh, this was, like, like it connected with me in some way. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what. Much. Yeah, it's just everybody knows somebody like this guy, I feel like, like Will Hunting or, you know, I mean, you, you've even got the depth to Robin Williams' character where he's kind of sitting in the background um, for most of the movie. I don't even think he shows up for the first quarter of it, you know, and then oh, and he's got all this, yeah, all this depth with his his wife that's dead and um, how he was, like, super smart and went to, I assume he went to Harvard. I don't know, but I, I they didn't really ever, like, say, they were like, oh, he's roommates with the, Stellan Skarsgård's character in college but they I think it was implied they were both Harvard alum and then he like you know like settled down and had like a life he wanted instead of the one that was expected and that's reflected in in Matt Damon anyway Arvin what did you think about it I don't think you've said much um so I've seen this movie a few times before and every time I see it again I forget how much I really enjoyed this movie a lot of the same reasons Tyler mentioned earlier. You don't see a lot of films discussing uh, mental health as it relates to men. And I think it's something that people need to talk about more. The idea of men being vulnerable. The idea of men in the way Robin, Matt Damon. Um, it's also just a beautiful movie. Of aesthetics, like it's shot beautifully, um, it's written so well. All the characters feel real. Mm-hmm. There's one, like on the note of like the visuals. There's a really good small sequence where it's just like Matt Damon and his friends just riding in the car, and they're not even talking to each other. They're all just like looking out the window, and it's it almost looks like it's filmed on a different camera which i don't think it was but it just looks really like like you're kind of just there like you're just in this car with them and just looking out the window and it really struck me because <clears throat> typically I, I never thought of this movie much for its visuals but like arvin said this third time around seeing it i started noticing it and i was like whoa this movie is also just filmed really well yeah i feel like matt damon and ben affleck like from this on have been able to capture a really great vibe of just like, you can tell like they love making movies and also they just like love hanging out with each other. You know, you get this just like that there's a chemistry to those two acting on screen that I think is really hard to come by because they're naturally like they're best friends in real life. And I think what that's they so go on cool to, to do see. together. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant just in general. <laughs> they did. Oh no, um, no, no, no. Like, I honestly can't think of many movies they did like as this duo kind of thing. I feel like they wrote wrote some more stuff. They did a thing with HBO called Project Greenlight that went for five (laughs) seasons. Basically them... You've talked to me about that. They give young filmmakers, like they try and find up-and-comers and and they give them like, you know, a few million dollars to make a movie. 
They're, and then they have a camera crew follow it. It's it's wild. Oscar Didn't you say like a lot of them are not good? Oh yeah, no, it's awful. It's, but it's a reality show. Their Oscar speech. Yeah, it's like keeping when, up with the Kardashians for film. When they won the Oscar for this film, that speech is like one of my favorites because you can tell they're just like they were really just like two guys that really wanted to make this yeah. and that they really had a passion for the story and they weren't like I, anyone correct me if I'm wrong they weren't like big established names yet. So they were, they were not Batman yet. Yeah, they were Batman, Batman and then not Batman and then Batman again. No, I mean, like, like I said, I think they, I think that if you go back, the school ties, school ties. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie um, with Brendan Fraser, uh, but they're both, they're both in that, and that was actually filmed in um, in Concord, uh, nearby school, and but they were they went to high school together. They were both cast in that movie. Um, and they're, you know, they're, and the roles were pr- fairly significant. I think Damon's role was a little bit more than, than Affleck's role. Um, another one Affleck was in was, um, before that was, um, oh, uh, what was it? Matthew McConaughey, Dazed and Confused. Oh. That, yeah. that was before, I think that was before Goodwill Hunting. So, you know, they had done some things, but the fact that they, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, they wrote the movie. And they put the whole thing yeah. together. That was, like I said, to get Robin Williams involved and to get the director they did involved. I mean, that was pretty incredible. Who's fun son? Yeah, or whatever. Oh, he's so he also did he did the Mil- Harvey Milk movie a few years later. That's really good. Um, oh, Dad, I feel like the question of the hour is how accurate is this to Boston? <laughs> Slash, like what parts are particularly accurate? Well, that's the good thing about it too is that. You know, we've there's enough movies. Even like the town, the town is 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 sort of like over the top. You know, over the top uh, uh, um, in terms of dra- dramatizing the the Charlestown and, and Boston, and it's you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to it. But this one, this one is really really accurate, I think, because you do have that you have those kids or that that section of town where you have, um, you know, Matt Damon, you know, where he, he's growing up and, and obviously all his buddies and everything else. But then not just not that far away, that's what's that's really striking, not that far away is this completely different world of MIT and, and Harvard. And really, then you go to where Robin Williams taught, which is at Bunker Hill Community College. And, you know, that's, that's 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 it might as well be another world away that's actually in charlestown uh just across the way and and so you have all these things very very close together but you mentioned the car ride them riding around in the car that and them saying you know i want to go to kelly's i want to go to kelly's you know <laughs> like everybody in raleigh you know it's like you probably were with your friends yeah. i want to go to nick's nick's and beverly you know, I want to go to Kelly's, and so they, they they go to Kelly's and they watch the little league game, and and they're just driving around as, as buds, and um, yeah. So there's there's nothing in that movie that really says, oh man, that's that's misrepresenting Boston. The only thing is, the only thing might be is when they go to they say we're going to go to a Harvard bar, right? We're going to go to the Harvard bar. We're going to see some smart kids. I mean, that's not really how it works. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's, there's, there's, you, you go to a place and I'm sure the Harvard kids are like hanging out, but 
I think that maybe was uh, overemphasized a little bit, but you know, for good reason because it 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 showed the the two sides of the the tracks that they need to show. I'm really glad you mentioned that because one part of this film I never noticed until like getting to Elon Elon was the topic of you know being in this sort of like this private school that really carries itself next to an area that doesn't benefit from it because you know the area that elon is is a fairly rural out there area and there's always like i hear this a lot especially from people that grew up in the area just kind of the disconnect there is between elon and the community around elon and the sort of mentality that like um that harvard kids had in the film and you know, something that Matt Damon's character says to Skylar about, like, you know, you think you're just having, like, a fling with a guy from Southie, and I didn't really realize how prominent that was until I was put in an environment where I'm at a school that is so disconnected and different from the area that that mm-hmm. is around it and that built it, really. I think a really good, something that just came to mind, because... I also watched it recently. Like, if I were to double feature this movie with anything, I think I would do The Social Network. Because it's a really great, paints a great picture of what, I I mean, I can only assume what student life is like at at Harvard. You've got all these geniuses, but they're still college students. They still do stupid stuff and, and whatever. And it's kind of about that, like, do you stick close to your friends? Um, do you, like, you know fly away by yourself even though people might hold grudges or that's what you might be afraid of or like pretending to be someone you're not like i think those themes are approached differently in a social network but they're still you know present in both movies and like for that area of the country that kind of like the student life um you know i think i think that's really I, that's what I just well yeah and I, of... I'll just say this about in, in like Riley you asked about how real it is so where I work is literally right next to Harvard and Harvard is it's on both sides of the river so it's part of Harvard so the football stadium for instance is right next to where I work but it's part of Harvard and um and you know so I would be in in a subway uh subway sandwich place right there i mean it's really literally right there but you would never like oh man i'm on the outskirts of harvard and i was just thinking about this the other day because we were listening to uh riley mom and i were listening to um um michelle obama's book on the way back down to to the cape and they're talking about uh malia malia the daughter malia obama yeah and so she she went to harvard and you see now you know she's there's pictures of her at, you know, wherever it is around that area, but it's not, you don't say, Oh, there, there's Harvard. No, it's, it's, there's some coffee shop on Beacon street that happens to be a hundred yards from Harvard. So it's not like this enclosed campus, like maybe in the social network or Goodwill hunting want to make it seems. Um, but you know, that's sort of the, the message, right? Is that mm-hmm. it's not too far away is, is these other side of the tracks sort of kids. Right. Yeah. That was one thing I thought of on the note of like, you know, college life and student life. And this is like a very small thing. When Matt, when Will, I can't even say Matt Damon, when Will Hunting goes to Skylar's dorm and her door is just open and she's just playing the piano and singing. And I was like, 
Jesus, am I the only one who would think that'd be so annoying if there was just one person on my hall <laughs> every time they played the piano and sang, they kept their door open? Like, I'd be like, I, I would think that was well, so annoying. Well, she also said she did, she couldn't play piano later. So I think what she was doing was that thing where, like, some, you know, real, real, like, studious kids will, like, use music to memorize things. I, I don't know. I That's like a thing, a strategy people do. I think that's what they were trying to show there, like, subtly, and it didn't really make sense, because there was a whole conversation later where he was like, you play piano? And she's like, no, I, can't, I really can't at all. Like, when he's trying to explain how his brain works, where, like, people can look at a piano and know how to play, like, Mozart and stuff. So, I... I didn't really understand that because if she can't play piano and can't sing, why is she leaving her, her, uh, that's that's what I thought. I was like, Oh my God, I'd be so annoyed by this. Yeah. That's how they tell you to make friends. It's just to leave your door open. It it does not work. It doesn't work. One, one great college door. Like the only, when I hear college dorm and go hunting, I just remember this. My freshman year, I had that poster. You guys all, like, I feel like there's one poster, if you have a Goodwill hunting poster, that you have. And it's Matt Damon and Robin Williams sitting on the park bench yeah. <laughs> with, like, a serif font. I had that. And I freshman year of college is when my sleepwalking room Oh, no. So my roommate attests to Wait, playing video what? games one night. And I am in a top bunk. Um, and apparently I get up and just crawl around for, like, five minutes. And then I turn to Robin Williams on that poster and I just go, look what we made with our bodies. <laughs> and then I pass out. Riley. Yeah, to, that sounds like you were sleeping. To this oh, day, I am both relieved and disappointed that while we were roommates in LA, you didn't sleepwalk. I didn't sleepwalk. You slept yeah. talk. There were moments I there were think... moments where you just kind of mumbled something and I just went, uh-huh, and you went back to sleep. <laughs> I'm trying to think, Dad. Did I sleepwalk at home, or is that just Taylor? No, I don't. I don't think you did. I don't think you sleptwalk. I don't know, Mom. Did, been... did Riley sleepwalk? When? At, at home? At all? <laughs> no. No. See, who 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 knew that Anchor could could uh, this podcast could have six voices on it now, right? We have a, a special <laughs> surprise guest. Yeah, yeah. Nah, she's gone. Have, she's gone. She. We have to have mom on for a Hallmark movie. Yeah, she's. You could have her on for the Cutting Edge, the DV Sweetie movie. My mom will absolutely join for a Hallmark movie too. We should. Yeah, we should try and get all of our moms on for. Except episode. it's just them. We're not there. Yeah, it's the it's, mom episode. We were watching, uh, or no, I shouldn't say we were watching, but the Hallmark Channel was on the other day. I said that guy, that, <laughs> and that guy was on. I said that guy looks really familiar. That guy looks. What movie was he in? And it was like, and so we we looked him up, and he was no really movies. And I'm like, it was driving me nuts. And then finally, I figured out he was the he's Aaron Rodgers' agent on the uh, State Farm commercials. Oh, <laughs> so I'm glad to see he's getting it's, bigger. It's, it's, and listen, it's a natural progression. It really is. <laughs> Next stop, Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, you know who's a side oh character in this God. movie? I really loved Casey. Affleck. Well, one, am I the only one that thought that young Casey Affleck kind of looks like Timothy Chalamet? Oh, I see that. I like, right. that I like how sure. they just do, they pretended like they weren't brothers in the movie. Oh yeah, but it, like it's funny. like on screen you can tell they they were like I don't 
I don't know. Like I, I just can't separate them in my mind. But I love the. Uh, I don't know. I love Doctor Lambo's like assistant co-professor, <laughs> like the, the ball Dude, guy. Cause... It's like yeah, it was like a like a like a student that just hung around. He, That's what it seems. He like. has this great he was moment so where, too. like, after Will has gone to therapist and a bunch of them don't work, Doctor Lambo says, "Oh, I know someone," and the other guy immediately goes, "Who?" But like rather aggressively. <laughs> Like, it's just this really aggressive question, and also his first line where, like, Dr. Lambo sees the the equation that uh, Will Hunting solves, and the other guy just goes, looks right to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 you guys talk about the, um, like, about Robin Williams and getting Robin Williams, and you just reminded me. Um, so, one of the therapists it was this guy named George Plimpton. Do you guys know who he is? That name sounds very familiar. So, so it's worth a Google. Um, George, so George Plimpton was the therapist where he, Matt Damon's like, you know, like I did, the music just owns me. Boom, 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 you know? And and so (laughs) he's the older guy and he, um, so George Plimpton, what is this really renowned writer? He, and he he's did he did a lot of like really unique spot stuff, a lot of sports writing stuff. Like where his big thing was, he basically went and played in real games for, for professional uh, teams. Like he was the goalie for the Boston Bruins in a real game. He was the running. He was a quarterback for the Detroit Lions in a real game. So he was like this. He was a really renowned writer at the time. And, and so you're watching the movie, and then out of nowhere. This guy, like, hey, well, that's George Plimpton, like, who isn't it really an actor? But once again, you, you think, like, how did these two kids get George Plimpton to do this? Yeah. So I was going to say, the George Plimpton thing to me sounds like it's, um, you know, they had this connection and then they got the connection to like Miramax and all that. And they, they were making the movie and they're like, we got Robin Williams. And the whole time, one of them was just like, we can't forget about George Plimpton. We have that connection. I worked really hard to get that. He's going to be in the movie. And they're just like, there's no role for him in the movie. He's too small. And they're like, no, no, no. He needs to be in the movie. We already made the ask a few years ago. <laughs> but, like, they were just like, I got this connection, you know, as it is with them, again, like kids making this film. I want to um, bring up that you, Riley, hinted at this. You were like, a couple episodes ago, you were like, we're going to do an episode of my dad, a Boston-based one, and it's the hint is that it either has a Wahlberg or a da- or a Damon in it, or an Affleck, or whatever. <laughs> and you brought up the fact that your father also, like, grew up down the street from the Wahlbergs or something. Or what, what, what was it? It was the someone in the Funky Bunch, right, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> this is when, when I when I tell you the 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 truth, it's gonna be it's gonna seem so ridiculous. And no, it wasn't the Funky Bunch. It wasn't Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. It wasn't the Wahlbergs. It was it was the new kids in the block. It was wow. It was it was Jonathan and Jordan Knight who moved into the town that I I grew up in. Yes, so. <laughs> Technically, the the new kids on the block were. I mean, if if nothing else, if nothing else comes out of this podcast, I've heard the word "funky bunch" or the word "funky bunch." (laughs) So, thank God for that period of time. 
yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> what a, what a time. Yeah, yeah well, I guess um do we have any more like lingering thoughts on the actual movie itself or should we move on to um our uh what we've been watching kind of stuff? I, I miss Robin Williams. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm yeah. Yeah. Well, they, like, that... I I felt like Robin Williams really just like connected with something in the script because I feel like you know after he passed away there was a couple like documentaries released about him and I always just got the sense that he was someone that just really connected with and cared for like other people and Mm -hmm. I feel like he really shows that like 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 him passing was like the first celebrity death that actually had like a profound impact on me yeah and the two big ones that like shook like not the like my world but like my world at school and stuff like that like everyone talked about it for forever was michael jackson and then robert williams like those were the two when i was a kid that i'll probably remember for the rest of my life you know yeah that the bench isn't there is there a memorial do people just lay flowers at the bench that they had that time yeah so i think that's at i think that's in the boston commons um so uh, yeah I, i i'm not for sure but i wouldn't be surprised but you're right. Robin Williams, you have to understand uh, how, you know, this is a guy who is kind of like Tom Hanks. So you guys would not obviously have any recollection of this. But Robin Williams, so Robin Williams starts out in a TV series called Mork and Mindy. It actually started out, it was an offshoot from Happy Days. But mm-hmm. Mork and Mindy, it, I mean, you're, if you saw Mork and Mindy, Mork for Mork, you're like, this guy, he's never going to be a serious actor. And then... And then Tom Hanks was in a series called Bosom Buddies. And I was heard of this. Yes. <laughs> so, again, same thing. You're like, this is like, this is, it's an amusing show, but need, nobody in this show is ever going to go on to do anything. But then they go off to these dramatic roles. And with Robin Williams, it's, it was, and I think this movie was great because it showed like all the sides of Robin Williams. Like I said, you know, you have, these movies where Robin Williams is is one way or the other way, this showed a lot of size of Robin Williams, and um, and it was cool. It was good, and I would just say this be, about the movie itself: it was just there's a lot of scenes in it where they're sort of iconic scenes, which any good movie, or at least I think, where you have scenes where you cite them in life. Like I said, the whole like you know what was again, Roddy? What was it? What did he say to him when he's hugging him? It's not your, it's not fault. your fault. It's not, it's not your, your fault. fault. So there's that, there's that. There's like, do you like apples? Well, how do you like these apples, right? Like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Or, or Ben Affleck, when he goes to, for the job interview, um, and he goes, retainer, yeah. retainer. <laughs> you know? So it's, yeah. So there's a lot of just great moments in the movie, uh, which I think is mm-hmm. a pretty good sign of any movie. I love when oh, Dr. Yeah. Lambo goes to like the the area of the school where Will works and he's trying to find out like because Will's just this janitor. He's trying to find out who he is because he solved this equation and his assistant just goes, that's Dr. Lambo," as if that's going to solve <laughs> yeah. anything. And the other guy just <laughs> says the other guy's name. Yeah. It's it's small things like that that like speaks like the larger topic of the topics of the film. But I think, you know, knowing that Robin Williams did have issues with depression and mental health struggles 
and that is a mm-hmm. big part of this movie we can look back and maybe say like maybe he just felt maybe that's why he felt something like so strongly with this script because he felt that connection to it that we touched on earlier yeah right. also side note Stellan Skarsgård is such good casting for a college like pretentious oh, college yeah. professor yeah like I think this is the first movie I saw him in and then I was just like like to me if I ever like see him in anything I go that's that guy from did Good you, Will Hunting did you watch this before Avengers I did he yeah. was in Avengers wait who was he in I, Avengers he's the, he's the a doctor he's the doctor from Thor that was like possessed by Loki oh my god <laughs> Yeah, he 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 got a little thicker. Oh you know, yeah, for that movie, and he you know, he, I mean, he looks the same. I forgot that was a character. Related to other other stars guards. Yeah, his sons. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. They're all like Pennywise the clown. What a talented family. The live action yeah, really Tarzan, not. where yeah. Sam Jackson controls an army of gorillas or something. Huh? Wait, what? Dude. I remember I went to that in theater. I saw it in theaters too, but I don't remember that. Wait, at all. Tyler or Riley, when you worked at a movie theater, isn't that like the T-shirt you had to wear? No, it was actually this relates to the movie. It was The Great Wall, starring Matt Damon. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Which I think that's that said, right. I think that T-shirt's in my closet right now. Or yeah. I may have gave it to Colby it's, so I could get it into free. It's a T-shirt in a movie. I think everyone wants to forget. <laughs> that's such like a cool like small shirt i would totally wear that shirt around no it's awful and it's also just i was i picked up trash in the theaters it's stained with just popcorn butter and just it's a gross you haven't watched it i've watched it hasn't come out people would throw like i'd be walking by with the trash can and people would throw trash (laughs) which is why i quit after a month did you solve complex math in like this in the the hallways of the movie (laughs) theater that 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 was my will hunting no i did younger brother throwing food at him (laughs) <laughs> i did see the ending scene of logan several times because i was always assigned to those themes. that's a good movie i'd have to sit at the end and just watch the credits you had to watch uh, him die like 40 <laughs> times <laughs> yeah the only moment i was really intellectually challenged there was when i was leaving for the day and i got a call on the walkie that there was an incident in theater five and a whole crowd of people were running out because someone had just been watching the movie get out turned to the old woman next to them and punched her. Oh, and you also said the old man was <laughs> oh, peeing yeah. in the oh, lobby. Oh, yeah, and an old first day, old man peed in the lobby after Fifty Shades of Grey. Everyone AMC does. Theaters in Danvers. Great spot. They just added a bar. They were hyping it for years. All right, do we want to do what we're watching? Yeah. Dad, you want to go first? What have you been watching? Uh, I, yeah, so this is obviously, well... Is, is Netflix, right? I mean, that's what everyone watches now. That's the only thing. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so I've watched, I will watch, I'm going through a diff, few different things. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries is, is a show that they're rebooting. And Unsolved Mysteries was a show back when I was younger that was on TV. And, and now, like I said, it's, it's basically like it's, it's many versions of making a murderer. Um, you know, an hour at a time. But what's maddening about it is that the because of the title, you never solve the mystery. There these these unbelievable, really good documentaries about unsolved mysteries, but they get to the end of them and they have to say, 
if you have any information about how to solve this mystery, then please call. <laughs> and so they're they're really they're really well done, but they're sort of like they're so well done you don't really mind, but at the same time you would like to solve one of the unsolved mysteries. Um, right. And then uh, the other one. From that? The what? How many mysteries have they solved from that? The zero. If you can't be on unsolved mysteries if you're if you've solved it. Uh, although although they, they 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 a lot of times they'll strongly suggest that you know so and so murdered so and so, but they just can't prove it. But so if you have any if you have any evidence if you have any evidence about this thing that happened thirty years ago just happened to be watching Netflix, call this number. Yeah, um, the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Uh, the other one was the uh, uh, was it the candidate? Is that what it is? The the politician. Politician. The politician. I started watching that. So you did. Yeah. Or yeah. the campaign with uh, Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell. I, yeah, I watched that. I watched. I watched. <laughs> I watched the um, um, what was it? Oh, uh, something about ho- home games, which is about all these games around the world that that people that different countries put on that are, are just bizarre um so mm-hmm. yeah so i'm all over the place i hope that right i, I hope i uh my right. eclectic viewing uh, represented well <laughs> no yeah that's it's a good good suggestions it's well-rounded yeah well right. there you go um <laughs> i guess i've i've uh you know my weekly announcement that i am still watching curb your enthusiasm um i'm on season nine out of ten so i'm getting there um You're so close i know I'm, I'm so close <laughs> and um i rewatched uh back to the future like one of my all-time favorite movies i've got the poster in my room right here um just i every time i watch it i realize how smart like every every line of dialogue in like the first third of that movie in the first act like sets up something that is followed up it's just, it's a genius movie, and I, I'm going to probably spend a, the next couple of days watching the sequels, which, you know, they're not, like, as brilliant, but I still enjoy them. Tell us about your, your observation of one of Biff's goons. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, um, it, you know, it takes place in 1985, Marty McFly travels back to 1955 when his parents were in high school and stuff, and his father's high school bully biff is like he's got like a gang of goons that 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 just go around and bully people i guess and one of them i don't know like the name of the character but it he just wears 3d glasses (laughs) the whole movie there's not one scene where he's not wearing 3d glasses and it's just the most odd thing that i never like i had noticed it i just never thought about it but this time i was like hold on what is the purpose? Like, what is what advantage does this give him in any situation? He can see in three D more than we can. I think what I, I want to see. I think you need to just try it. I think you need to live a day or two in three D glasses and then tell us how you feel. But not like the ones they give you now. That I remember, kids in middle school used to take, punch the holes out of, and wear as fake glasses. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old red and blue ones. No, it's it's yeah. like yeah, like the paper red and blue and i feel like it would just like kind the ones of that come with use you i'll bring my copy. the ones that come with shark boy and lava girl 3d and, and spike is yeah. 3d game over yeah right, i'll bring right. that to, I'll bring that to the see... apartment tate and we can try it out 
oh, an- announcement. Me and Tyler are living together. Yeah. Podcast goes. <laughs> um, I want to see Back to the Future, but they go to the year 2020. Uh, no. I really don't want to see <laughs> if they ever, because like, there's rumors they're like, oh, Tom Holland needs to play Marty McFly in a re- reboot, sequel, oh, yeah. whatever. Just no, 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 thank you. Just please, no. I, Something yeah. should be left alone. Yeah. Arvind, what have you been watching? Me? What have I been watching? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I've been binging community. I am three and a half seasons deep, and I have no, there's no sign of stopping. Wait, until I'm done. Isn't TV season shows? five like trash, though? Because they fired uh, the guy who wrote it. That's what I've heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so, I'm going to power through it because they bring him back in the next season. Right. Zooming through community. Yeah. Riley? Yeah, I, uh, I've been rewatching Succession. I started, I watched it for the first time two weeks ago, and now it's getting a rewatch. But also, I watched uh, Crip Camp on Netflix, which is a documentary about disability rights that the Obama's executive produced. And as a documentary, it's mediocre, but I did not know like any of the stuff in it. Like it's, it was like very educational when it came to just um, looking at you know, that movement and just how many people we don't know about that are part of history. You know, it's just like civil rights, just like LGBTQ rights, just like women's rights. But like, you know, even though we're not really taught about those, I feel like I did not hear a word in history class about disability rights. And there was a giant movement. They seized the office of um, a fed, like a federal building, office building, they seized for 26 days and just stayed there to protest something and it's just incredible to see and you know no one was going to get in their way because it was it was people who were like like not minorly disabled mind you like very severely disabled people like some people who are really on the fringes of society just like took a building and the black panthers brought them food and they paired with other movements and yeah if any if you have an hour and a half again it's it's a lot of just like archival pictures with interviews but it's really cool to see that history and see some of those names that deserve to be on statues that aren't. I also watched Juno. <laughs> uh, Tyler, what have you been watching? Yeah, so I was kind of like racking my brain. I was like, what have I watched? And then I remembered, I watched uh, Brazil for the first time. Um, 1985 film, uh, dystopian sci-fi film. It was really, really good. It's very much like 1984, but funnier and with like a Monty Python touch, which makes sense because it was directed by Terry Gilliam of Monty Python. And I love Monty Python. I love Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um, It's really, it's interesting because it's a dystopian movie, but it's also kind of a comedy. And that's sort of something you don't see balanced out for like a full length feature maybe you'll see it in like uh like a political cartoon or something super short but you don't really see comedy and dystopia get um put together for a full film it's really good i think it's really funny um and i think some of like the sets they have are really impressive like there are some sets that just seem massive and really complex so i would highly uh recommend it uh, if you're interested in Monty Python or dystopian sci-fi. Word. Word. All right. I think 
that is all the time we have for today. I want to thank Dad. Thanks for hopping thank on. Thank you so much. Thanks for. It was fun. It was, and I'm not just saying that. It was actually <laughs> fun. So, uh, no, but I, 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 it's good. It was. You guys do a good job, and um, I actually plugged this. I, I hope I got the name of it right. I plugged it on the radio last night. It, I, oh, yeah, huge. we were talking about. I don't know what we were talking about. Raising kids or something. I said, yeah, you know, it's one of the one of the hallmark moments in my uh, my child uh, raising experience is going to be appearing on Spoilers Only Please podcast with my son. So <laughs> you um, know, that's what so we're you here did, for. Well, I'll keep plug, I'll keep plugging it. Um, <laughs> let us spread the word because it's a good idea. It's like first of all, it's original. It's a good idea, and you guys know what you're talking about. So it's it's a uh, good job. But thanks for having me on. Thanks, Pop. All right. Alrighty. I think that's it. Thanks, Dad. We'll wrap it right there. And then, yeah, thank you again, Dad, for being on. And tell Mom I say hi. All right. We love you, Riley. We love Bye. you, too. Yeah. We love you, Riley. That's what we should title the episode. We love you, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. I got to go. I'll see you later. Absolutely, right. we'll send you whatever fan art comes Yeah, okay. All right, you I'll see you.